Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And today's January 5th and uh, just want to say Happy New Year to everyone. It's been a little bit of a break that we took because it was Christmas and all that good stuff. But we're back. Season two, I guess you can kind of call it. But nice. we got some <laughs> we got some amazing news this week because it is CES, a lot of EV stuff. Chevy dropped, of course, the Silverado, which we're going to go in-depth over. There's the Equinox EV that they dropped a little bit of information about. Uh, BMW has their information on the iX, especially the M60 variant, which is pretty interesting. Chrysler, remember that brand? Anyways, they're back with the Airflow concept. And Sony has dropped off information of their Vision S2. But let's talk about what we uh, are here to talk about first is the Equinox. Mm. The Equinox is, of course... Well, I'm going to hide this. Uh, oh, I totally hit the wrong thing. Oh, hide. Oh, there we go. Much better. Uh, the Equinox is Chevy's small SUV. Small. You don't. Small. CRV RAV4 size. So, yeah. Not that small, but yeah. Smallish. They make you, a lot of way bigger SUVs so it is pretty small in their lineup the so the Equinox like the only time that you see them is like at Enterprise or budget rent a car yeah that's really the only time that you see them because they're they're inexpensive vehicles for fleets to to capture on and they're just I mean they're 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 an SUV but it's not one that like a lot Never of buy. particularly captivating, uh, especially here in Canada. In the States, they actually sell a decent amount of them, uh, but Canada is not that popular. I remember seeing a lot when the Olympics were here. There was the hmm. Olymp, yeah, the white ones. They had the special uh, edition, and all the uh, athletes would get driven around in equinoxes, um, which we saw every now and then. But in the States, they do sell like I don't know, a quarter of a million of these a year. So it's it's actually reasonably popular vehicle because it is a, a good segment to be in. It's just that they don't really have a compelling product. Actually, none of the domestics really have a compelling product, I think. I think the Escape is not that interesting either. No, it's not. Uh, the, the Bronco Sport is kind of cool, though, uh, obviously. But uh, yeah, no, Chrysler has, has nothing. So... Yeah, so the the big three. But Buick has something that's amazing. Buick does. Buick does, and uh, I already forgot the name of it, but <laughs> they do. Envision. Yeah, but but that is slightly, very slightly upmarket. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the issues with the Equinox, uh, the current one at least, uh, is the pricing just doesn't make that much sense. I think they've always banked on like offering like a fat discount on these cars because you you go you go look at a RAV4 CRV even a Nissan Rogue you're not really going to get any discount but uh, Equinox they always had like like better manufacturer rebates so but if you were to just look at it on sticker price it wouldn't make any sense like why would anyone buy an Equinox Uh, but dealer network is another big thing GM has a huge dealer network in North America so uh, it's 
popular for that reason too because there's places where you can't buy a, a nissan rogue but you can find an equinox yeah so this ev version there, there's really not a lot of details it's going to come in 2024 um should be about 30k to start so 30k to maybe mid 40s it's uh what i'm basically thinking ultimum ultium platform which is gm's like ev platform that they're going to use across the entire line um i'm, I'm kind of thinking like this is basically it just a uh, jumped up a little bit bolt right mm-hmm. so it's going to have four-wheel drive because they kind of need it in this market mm-hmm. uh, but it's going to be roughly the same as that and i don't think that's going to be a bad problem you know other than maybe potential some fire issues uh but the equinox itself it looks good you know the renders on it 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 actually looks like a sporty little suv but the problem with that is i don't know if you remember when the blazer not the old one the current blazer when the renderings came out for that it looked really good it looked really promising uh and then the car came out it still looked really good and then the specs came out then everything kind of went downhill from there well, so, the big problem with the Blazer, I think it looks good on the outside. It's priced a little bit too high. And they were trying to incorporate, they were trying to embody the Camaro. But yeah. what they did is they took the worst parts of the Camaro, which is the new grill from the facelift, which is 2019 and up. And they took the interior off of the Camaro, which is terrible, but it's fine in a Camaro. Camaro will still sell, but in a crossover, a mid-sized crossover, it doesn't, you can't have a crappy interior. And that has easily the worst interior in the segment. I don't know, um, at least in my opinion. The the vent controls were awesome. It's just a <laughs> huge dial that you turn the... Uh... Except the vents were by your knees. <laughs> well, sometimes your knees are cold and you want to warm up your knees. It's just your kneecap, right? Like, that's yeah. the only thing. Yeah, so... But this really, one looks a lot better. And I, it, I really like that they've carried a lot of that GM design, well, Chevy specifically design language, over from cars like that Bolt EUV that we saw a few months ago. Um, but I, I think that having that identity is important because especially moving on to our next topic, it is you see the same lineage there, which is really solid. Uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't really look like any Chevy from... 10 years ago and maybe that's a good thing yeah so the next topic is the all-new all-electric silverado yeah it's a 2024 model it's coming in fall of 2023 for the uh, rst version there's going to be the work truck version that's going to be coming a little bit earlier pricing for the work truck they say it's estimated about forty thousand us um, for this RST, it's 105. So it's not... kind of mind-boggling that the, it, the range is that big. Yeah. I mean, truck ranges has always been huge, right? Yeah. Like if you look like, you know, F-150, what's an XL single cab short bed price versus yeah, like 30K right? versus 100K. Yeah. Yeah. So like the, the price range isn't... <sighs> I'm just thinking, this is an RST. Uh, as we talked um, beforehand, RST isn't the top trip, right? RST is kind of middle. Yeah. So at 105 for, one. 
yeah, so 105 for the RST. How much more is the high country going to be? Yeah, well, okay, there's got to be trims in between. And so if we're talking about 40K US starting price for the work truck, which is still going to have, I assume, dual motors and same tone. Yeah, so they say it's same range. So, so still same 400 mile same, range. Same base platform. Then there's going to be models uh, kind of in between that will make more sense. Let's say you take the work, because the work truck is pretty bare bones. But let's say you add 10, 15K on top of that and you get something similar to, I don't know, what uh, uh, LT uh, that we have with the regular Silverado or yep. maybe comparable to an XLT over at Ford. Um, and then you have something that kind of makes sense. I think around that 55, 60K price point, I'm not sure why the RST is this much, but maybe a lot of these features are only RST exclusive because the mid gate is is really sweet, but I'm sure that costs a decent amount of money. I don't know if they're all going to have it. Um, yeah, they, they weren't specific on the, uh, the mid gate itself. The multi-pro tailgate, that it's going to be an RST exclusive. The work truck will mm-hmm. not get that. Um, but like, Okay, let's let's talk about all the, the 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 facts of the vehicle first here. So it's up to 660 horsepower, 780 pound feet of torque. That's on wide open watts mode, wow mm-hmm. mode. Love love the name. Um, zero to sixty four and a half seconds. There's a DC fast charge. I think it was 350 kilowatt hour, which means it's one of the fastest. Only of course you can get those speeds. You really can't find those type of chargers. But if you can, it's 100 miles in about 10 minutes, which is actually pretty good. Uh, 10,000 pound towing capacity. There's going to be a work truck in the future that's going to have 20,000 pounds. That's uh, that that's insane my in, a, in what's like a half ton size. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. And I'm not sure how much that's going to affect range. Uh, I don't know if that electric truck would be affected less by towing or more because they have a lot of torque on on hand. You don't have to work hard for that torque. So I don't know if it it takes less of a hit because I know sometimes you're towing uh, with you know an EcoBoost or even a five three Silverado, your fuel economy goes up quite significantly with a six thousand pound trailer. Right. Um, what's interesting is the bed is a 5'11", so it's almost six-foot bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike Ford's Lightning, this is like a completely new platform. It's not like they took the Silverado, they made it electric, which is exactly what Ford did with the Lightning. Mm-hmm. This is a completely new platform. So it's th- through and through, it's, it's actually very thoughtful. Very, very short front overhang. Um, which means the front is definitely going to be smaller than F-150, but I actually don't mind that because yeah. it, it means it's a that... pickup truck at the end of the day. Yeah, it moves everything forward. You get bigger cabin, you got bigger space on the inside, and you get a longer, bigger bed in the back. Yeah, and, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and because it's... You a, can see it. Yeah, and because of the unit body kind of setup, you have that multi-flex mid-gate, and like that's... 100% avalanche, right? You're able yeah. to take that middle 
partition out and extend, you know, your, your bed size. You get it up just to makes 10, so much sense. Yeah, you get up to 10 feet yeah, before the, the, the stopper at the end. So, like, if you have a large couch, you can take it all within, you know, the... As the, long as it fits in the, the height. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't get that out of any van or, or full-size pickup truck, not even a heavy-duty, to have that much length. I don't know why more trucks don't offer it. Avalanche did it 20 years ago, and it's still like one of these really sweet features that for some reason, everyone just abandoned it. All we care about now with trucks is, I don't know, like fancy touchscreens. That's kind of all everyone cares about. And then like cool off-road, you know, looks. But uh, no, I think it's, it's pretty cool that GM is bringing this back. And they they kind of brought it to the mainstream not that long ago. And it's one of their better ideas. It's not like the, the Envoy XUT or, or their, their Hummer trucks, like the H3T, which, you know, you don't have that much bed space realistically, but this is, this is a big opening. Uh, it's a big square opening comparable to, you know, a, a regular crossover at least. Yeah, uh, it's just a rent like a, a square, uh, and it's open to the back. So you guys got to see pictures of this. It is really a feature that makes a lot of sense. That is not EV exclusive. Like that. That's the thing is that there's yeah. no reason only the the Silverado EV the gets Subaru this. Baja had this. <laughs> Subaru Baja needed this, Sub- but that's only a pass through though. It, it was a very small pass-through just on the bottom. The glass couldn't be taken out. This, you can take out the glass, and yeah. the bottom can split 60-40. That's the important part. Splitting yeah. it 60-40 makes it so much more useful. The ability to still have four people within the cabin and take something that's like 8, 9, 10 feet with you, Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and I'm also thinking if you put a canopy over this for camping, Ooh. that would be sick. Yeah. Because you have a f- basically six-foot bed now turned into 11 feet. Like, there's so much storage in there. The, you know, the Rivian, that that thing's party piece was that slide-out tray that you have to pay extra for, which to me, it's not, it's kind of like a tour bus, how you have a pass-through in the mm-hmm. middle. To me, it doesn't do that much, and it's it seems kind of awkward to use um but it's kind of modular so maybe people will 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 upfit that to do other camping things but in terms of just space uh and practicality this seems really promising they have some renderings with uh, a canopy on top it's slightly taller than the cab itself uh that's gonna be nice for camping i think and yeah to pass through everything it just kind of keeps it all in one uh, and if you can like the RAV4 that I took camping, if you can run a, the car as an electric heater with very low energy, it's maybe worth considering too, because it's all electric heaters. It's not like a, a gasoline car where it's wasting all this energy to, to run the heat. Uh, electric vehicles just don't need that. So maybe there's some kind of solar integration. I think I think the outdoors community uh, is going to benefit from this truck. Yeah. yeah. So that's mainly the RST. So like the the one that's kind of higher for 
yeah, the higher end every man kind of truck. Uh, but they also released the work truck, the WT. And like, I'm going through these pictures and I, I don't know about you, but I actually kind of like the work truck a little bit more. It's just more truckish to me, right? Yeah, it has those traditional truck qualities. Uh, really simple interior, yeah. which makes sense on the EV anyways. And like the outside, it's plastic bumpers, which I actually kind of like more. Um, it has steel wheels, which I don't mind because you know, you're going to put something aftermarket on it anyways. Uh, they say it's going to have the same range and you know, it has all the same capabilities. It's like, why not get the work truck? The interior is going to be a little bit more rough and ready. That's great for outdoorsy types. You, know, you want to get the truck a little bit more dirty. It's going to be perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fender flares are plastic. Um, the front bumper is plastic up up to the headlights, so that is very durable uh, in a sense. And I mean, work trucks; these are trucks that people don't wash for years. Like <laughs> I've seen, like they're they're at least on the outside, they are some of the dirtiest vehicles you'll come across. And having it plastic up to like your elbows it's kind of makes sense uh yeah plastic door handles plastic mirrors uh yeah just it it's so just utilitarian to me like i i absolutely love it um like sure i i appreciate a well loaded truck with like amazing luxurious interiors i do because like i had a f-150 lariat which you know, it's not the top trim, but it was up there. Had massaging leather seats and everything. It was it was a great vehicle. It was a great luxury vehicle, but it wasn't... I didn't feel like, you know, I could get it dirty. I felt bad if I got it dirty. It's too know? nice, yeah. It was just a little too, too nice. Um, this, I feel like, I don't mind getting this dirty. I feel like, you know, if I got this dirty, it, it's... It's perfect for it. It's meant to be that way. Yeah. But anything else you want to talk about the Silverado? Silverado, I don't know. I think you guys just make sure you check out pictures of this thing. I think it is it is one of the more important releases. Oh, the naming. Okay, so it's it's called a Silverado. It's not really a Silverado electric. We kind of covered that it doesn't it's not really the same as the 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 normal gasoline powered or diesel powered pickup truck. Uh, it's a very cab four design. So uh, everything is, oh, they have a trail boss picture. They have one trail boss photo. It looks kind of like work trucky from the front, except with a slightly different bumper. More aggressive hooks. grill. Yeah. Yeah. A real grill somehow. Yeah. Uh, and Near the altering bottom. tires. Um, very Hummer-ish. But yeah, this is uh, this is kind of like the more practical version of that Hummer truck. The Hummer truck is a toy, but this is like a little bit more honest and you know realistic of what most consumers will want. Um, and I think they're both winners. I think uh, the Silverado EV is a winner. I think the Hummer is a winner. Uh, we're gonna see a lot of electric trucks come by. Uh, Ford is doing a pretty decent job. Rivian is doing a decent job at this. Like there's just, 
so much movement in this industry or in this segment specifically. Uh, it's pretty exciting times we're living in. Um, this is going to come about two years left uh, or two, two years to go for this, maybe a year and a half uh, as they keep developing it. But yeah, I'm super excited about it. And okay, another thing is the, the fast charge capability. You know, everyone goes Tesla supercharging, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've, I've called out journalists for hyping up supercharging too much uh, and Tesla owners being also justifying buying their car for that reason too much. But again, this car is coming out in two years, fast charge, 100 miles, 160K basically in 10 minutes. You really don't need anything faster than that. And the infrastructure in two years, again, is going to be very different. And so, yeah, I think forget about Tesla. Like Cybertruck is coming. I know it. But uh, as far as like a work truck, I, I don't think you can really beat GM at their own game. GM and Ford, uh, they've been dominating this industry for half a century and they will continue to do so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I like how you talked about the Hummer truck because that's basically it's the same kind of the same thing as this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if you saw, but the Hummer truck is like nine thousand pounds. <laughs> it's it's a heavy boy. I'm curious how heavy this by the, the this big guy is gonna be. Oh, this is gonna be like seven thousand at least. You think so? Yeah, because even. Uh... I think even the the iX like like a full size SUV model X like these are like six thousand pound cars already, mm-hmm. yeah. And this is bigger, yeah. So <laughs> I I to to give you that kind of range, it it's gonna need to be heavy. But here's the thing: is that weight in an EV does not take as big of a toll. One, because of the location, and two, they're already advertising how efficient these cars are. Like, they're they're targeting, you know, big range, so they only make it as heavy as it really needs to be, uh, and they're still able to get insane range out of them. I'm... Because... The reason why I'm thinking about the weight is, like, I'm thinking, you know, when you're off-road, you, you do want Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you do want a lighter vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of a hamper. It's kind of like off-road capabilities. Yeah. Oh, I did notice one thing. The payload is very low on this thing. I oh, think that has to do with the weight. I think I saw a number of like 1,300 pounds or something, which is what we see out of like the Maverick or the, I think maybe even less than the Santa Cruz. But it's like in that very low range of payload. So even though we have a 10-foot length up to, we we don't have that much payload to work with. Mm. Pay, 1,300 pounds is like five fat gallons. Like, <laughs> just to put it into perspective, I'm like, huh. Because ultimately, your tires and suspension and all this, uh, it can only take so much weight. And I think being an EV, it is going to be heavier. And I think that's why the payload takes that hit. Yeah, because like the half ton trucks are like are at like two thousand pounds. They're at they're at a ton now. 
for a lot of the half tons, technically. Um, but yeah, this is the only thing I noticed was the payload is is significantly lower than other half tons of this size. It does have four corner air suspension. Hmm. So not sure adjustable. If that, yeah. I'm not sure if that helps or doesn't. Um I do really like that illuminated bow tie on the front. Mm -hmm. It's I, I don't know when I think Mazda had that illuminated grill on their signature series. I was a sucker for that. Really? I really, I really like that illuminated grill. Man, that I thought had. when I saw it, I thought it was aftermarket. When I saw BMW do it on their X6, I thought it was aftermarket, Oof. like a the tacky add-on. X6 was a little too much. Yeah, I think the X6 illuminated grill was 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 too much because it was bright. Like it shined on the ground, and you can completely see yeah. the grill. It's very line. deep too. Like you can yeah. see, like two inches into the grill. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about BMW. Actually, let's uh, let's talk about their iX. So they launched two things. Uh, well, not really two things. They they talked about the iX Flow, which uses like e-reader technology to change <laughs> the hue, not the color. They all say color change. It doesn't change color. It goes from black and anything in between to white. All right. It's a huge change. But essentially, the body of the vehicle, same uh, as well as the wheel covers, they can change from black to white. So you can have like a gray car, you can have a white car, you can have it kind of like transform in the middle of the day. Like, I think it's cool, but in real world use sense. Yeah. Uh, I was I was watching the video of like, um, of a BMW spokesperson saying, oh, the real world use. It's like, oh, in climates, I can, we can change a color to help with you know heat and whatnot so uh, i was like yeah okay okay so like you know it's a little hotter you change it to white to reflect some of that heat if it's colder you change it to black to absorb some of that i i can get that um and then she says you can change you can make a flash so like when you're in a parking lot you can then see your car with your peripheral vision <laughs> i'm i don't know let's see like the the heating thing, I get it. You know that that can potentially help because you know you sat in a a black car in summer. It's it's pretty hot. Uh, but then she goes about changing it so that it flashes, so you can catch it with your peripheral vision. Yeah. I don't. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I think the practical applications of this technology doesn't really apply to the car world so much. Uh, but it is, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to throw it on here. It's going to be like an experiment. It's going to be an art thing. But we, it's like that, that, that Vanta black mm. uh, X6. It's like the black is black. You can black. Um, and it's not, it's not really a car thing, but it's just like, we're going to use this to demonstrate it yeah. uh, as our platform. You know, this is BMW. This is their most uh innovative car right now so we're gonna put this on here as a 
yeah, showcase. No showcase, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the one that you probably want to know about, the one that actually matters is the IX. So they announced the M60. So the yeah. title, I love it. The best of three words of I, X, and M. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it, right? They combine the M performance side. They combine the I side, which is the electric side, and X, which is like the all-wheel drive side, right? Mm-hmm. So this IX M60 is it's actually kind of crazy. Was it? 619 horsepower, 811 pound-feet of torque, 0 to 100 in 3.8 seconds. Yeah, this thing's uh this thing's pretty quick. It's pretty Looks quick. Fastest, probably their fastest SUV at the moment. Uh is it just me or is this a bad thing that I'm not impressed by these numbers though? It's like we see the lucid and we see the plaids of the world, and it's yeah. like okay. We like acceleration numbers, power figures. They don't really matter to me anymore. It's just like supercharging. It's like it's something for people to talk about. But how often are you going to realize the three point eight seconds zero to sixty? Right? Like, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I was driving the XC forty recharge, and I forgot how much horsepower that thing makes. It's zero to hundred in under five seconds. It's quick, mm-hmm. but like, how often are you flooring it every single time you can get? Like, does it matter at all? Yeah. Most well, people... and the thing is that Silverado EV work truck will do a four and a half seconds zero to sixty. So yeah, <laughs> like it's like uh, they're all fast. These everything is fast. Like nothing is. It's not like I don't know. I remember I I keep getting these YouTube recommendations for like. Is it auto blog or or new Newsweek Auto Week or whatever that old guy like from like reviews from the eighties where oh they, they uh, talk about like passing power is really important and they're back then when cars were running zero to sixty times in like twelve plus second range for like a four door family sedan those cars are so slow that it's unsafe because you can't merge on the highway properly but anything modern is not. Like, I'm really not concerned about power and acceleration anymore. I don't know. It's just, maybe it's just me, but uh, no, I'm so think, desensitized to it, too. I think you're right. Yeah, because we like, have two seconds zero to 60 times now. Like, yeah, like a showroom car. Like, I can go, go touch and drive one if I wanted to. If I, yeah, yeah, it there's there's nothing that says. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. All cars are basically fast these days, especially yeah, even electric. slow cars are fast. Like that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, they what, really are. What is considered slow these days? Like, like a base model Civic is not slow anymore. <laughs> like, no, yeah, it's like the slowest car that you can probably get. It's like that Nissan Micra uh, or like a Mirage. Yeah. Like zero to hundred, it's probably like just around that ten second. So, okay, like a Mirage is kind of low key, dangerously slow. If you ask me, like yeah, eighty something horsepower, and like the most rough three cylinder engine you can imagine. Those yeah. are that is rough, but for the most part, ninety nine percent of the market, the cars that people actually buy, uh, they're, they're all reasonably quick now. Yeah, they they definitely are. No, you're absolutely right. 
Um, something I really like about this IX M60 is the color contrast that it has on it. It has that kind of gray, which every manufacturer has a gray. So but trendy love, right now. I love the accent though. It's like copper, copper. gold. Yeah, it's yeah. There's there's that zoom in of the uh, M badge, which is like in done in copper rather than the typical you know blue black. or red or black yeah. colors. It's like it's it's a very low key yeah. version of their M badge. Yeah. Um, so this is this M60, like the M badge on the back. That's a full M. That's a full fat M. Because it has a lines on it. <laughs> so. So it's, it's not like a X Drive 40M. Yeah, it's not the uh, M40 or M50 because that one doesn't yeah. have the full fat M badge. Full fat M badge gets the three slats slash on on it. Yeah. So that's a full of fat Quattro GmbH, but one more <laughs> or AMG. It's you. That's how you know a German car is fast. Is how many slashes, slashes are behind the badge, like. <laughs> The RS or or the AMGs got AMGs got three. They're no. really wide. <laughs> now, now some guys go to go to like Home Depot and buy slashes and then put it on the back of his car. Yeah. Or just like scratch it in with a key. <laughs> yeah. Nine eleven, those aren't that those aren't that fast because they have no no slashes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the I I do love the the color combination on this. It looks amazing. Uh, but I mean, it, it's typical BMW goodness, right? The the grill doesn't bother me as much now that I'm looking at it longer. I don't know. Maybe I'm actually getting used to the grill. I just had the Alpina XB7, and I thought the grill looked nice. Oh yeah, um, no, exactly. X7 was the car that we all laughed at like yeah. a year ago, and and now it looks good. And that's what I I like about BMW's design is it really challenges the status quo. The status quo is always like, this is hideous. Why would anyone do this? And then the more you look at it, you're like, shit, I kind of like it. Yeah, uh, like, and, this, like the 6 Series. The, the They've been doing the, this for a while. Like, look back at the E60 M5. Man, people hated that car back in like 06. And look at it now, right? Like, you look at a, you look at an E63 from 05, and man, that thing looks so dull. You're like, okay, why is this an AMG? The uh, E60 M5 is like the, the one M5 that you can get that's actually affordable because no one wanted that one. No, the one after is even cheaper. The turbo V8s are cheap because really they're cheap because they're they're very unreliable. Well, um, the V10 is unreliable, but it's exotic and un- unreliable, so it's okay. But the V8 is not even exotic because you can get an M550 and have 90% of the same car. Right, right. Um, but yeah, the E60 generation, uh, that was not a love design. And yet, here we are today and we like it now. I think, I think at least the majority of people would not look at that and be like, this is a weird car. Same with the seven series back in like Oh two. Like that thing was so weird when it rolled Mm -hmm. up. One of my classmates, dad had one and yeah, that thing I really liked at the time. I thought that's, this looks so futuristic. Uh, The LCI version of that one. LCI LCI is not as wild. They tamed it down with their LCI. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, if you look back at so many BMW models that were so controversial and I, I don't know about the iX okay but to me the iX is proportionally it's just awkward it has a really pig nose like a really pig body as well mm-hmm. um especially that kind of rump back yeah it's better than that one that we talked about recently was that the m oh the the yeah I can't remember the name of it but I know what you mean yeah that one is is a little bit much. This one, this one just looks like a minivan to me. I don't think it has like the sporty flair behind M, uh, or even behind the BMW. The brand. XM is what XM, it's called. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think styling wise, this is that exciting. But uh, yeah, no. So there's a few M differences. The suspension is revised as an M car should be. Uh, dual axle air suspension. I'm not sure what that means. I guess the front has air suspension. Oh, okay. The front and back would have air suspension. Compared to like older X5s, I think, where only the rear had the rear, yeah, I think it was, air suspension yeah. and only the rear would collapse. <laughs> and then they have, they talk, they, they mentioned this a lot in their press releases, the actuator base wheel slip limitation device or or um and what this is is really just how it turns on and off the the front and rear differentials how it distributes torque uh you know they're saying oh this is way more efficient than a transfer case well you wouldn't have a transfer case with a car that has no drive shafts Uh, (laughs) but uh i don't think that's new for for electric dual motor no vehicles Because it's just, isn't that how every all-wheel drive application works? It's I, not. Just I like I like some of the blurb sport. that they put in here. This, the particular lightweight, high-tech material already achieved great results in combining engine performance and weight in the BMW M3 CSL, which was introduced back in 2003. So what they're saying is they're using this. Uh, carbon fiber reinforced plastic that was used in back in 2003 they haven't done much since then so they're using the same stuff now yeah and it still weighs like (laughs) two and a half tons because it's a big it's a big boy Uh, carbon cage though that is kind of special about bmw's uh i cars die yeah yeah i don't know i'm not that big a fan of this car just because I don't think I don't think it looks cool enough. It doesn't matter what yeah. you think. It's a BMW i SUV. It's gonna sell like hotcakes. It's gonna be one that's gonna replace the X5 as their hottest vehicle. <gasps> really? It will. It will. Just you see this, in this generation. I don't think in this generation. Probably the next one. Yeah probably the next one but like i i can see a lot of people moving away from their x5 um to this because uh, you know it's like oh electric yeah perfect yeah the yeah, current buddy. x5 is such a looker too, oh, I, love... I think <laughs> and it's... i look at this and it's just like an eyesore <laughs> but like you said you know 10 years down the line you're gonna be looking at this you're like yes this is beautiful especially uh... with the copper accents mm. Mwah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know <laughs> if I will. Yeah, 
the 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 side window line is very reminiscent of like the first gen X3. So it's very upright and then it has that Hoffmeister kink. Or like a real Hoffmeister kink yeah, yeah. with the yeah, but not that interested in this car. I don't know. Well, something that you should be interested in, Stellantis. Who? <laughs> Chrysler. Um so the makers of two vehicles, the Pacifica. Pacifica. I forgot the. I was like, "What the hell is the van called again?" The Pacifica <laughs> and the three hundred. They make two cars. Two they still make the three hundred. They still make. You can buy a brand new. Is it coming out in twenty twenty two, or is it? Are we leaving that behind in 2021? No, I think you can still get a 2022 300. Oh my god. No, the website only has 2022 Grand Caravan and 2022 Pacifica. Huh. Uh, they have 300 on the website, but it's 2021. Mm, they just so didn't maybe, update it. Maybe they're not bringing it into 2022, hopefully. It, no, there's... there's that yeah. is the definition of beating a dead horse. That is... That is not even last generation. That is like three generations ago, uh, full size sedan. I remember the 300 when it first came out. Um, they were praised at the rear suspension layout because it was taken from the Mercedes E class yeah. from like the mid 2000. And then like, it's still there. It's <laughs> just just a few things. It's fine. It's fine. I think it was. I think it was a cool product when it first came out. Like, oh, absolutely. 15, 15 years ago, that thing was sweet. Uh, even in base V6 form, like it still has appeal, mm. curb appeal. Now uh, you drive that and you look like a loser. <laughs> like, well, okay. Uh, not gonna lie, I really like the SRT version of the 300. Yeah, as made famous in Breaking Bad of. Breaking Bad has some like pretty fire cars, like like the Aztec. Aztec. The Aztec. Well, Aztec is the easy one. There's an Aztec tax, like a Breaking Bad tax on Aztecs. Like clearly, these cars where you couldn't give them away, like ten years ago, you couldn't give one away for free. But now, like oh, Aztec. Yeah, everyone wants an. Aztec. Everyone wants one now. So many people want it that like you can't buy one because they're just so expensive. And there weren't that many to begin with. Um, no one bought them. That's so yeah. garbage. So <clears throat> this is the Chrysler Airflow concept. Um, it is a concept, which means that it's not a production-ready vehicle, right? So Chrysler wants to be fully electric by 2028. This Airflow should be in showrooms by 2025. Uh, two electrical motors, 260 horsepower each. Oh, no, sorry. 201 horsepower each, looking at the wrong thing. Estimated range, 350 to 400 miles. I mean, pretty typical stuff here. Nothing really to be like gawking or whatever at. It, they're so behind. They, <laughs> they're, they are... they're launching this 2025, but the numbers are like not even great for 2021. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty current numbers. Um, looking at it, though, like, it has that SUV-type presence because yeah. it looks higher than it should, but it's also a slant back, which means it 
kind of looks koopy or like it looks very low because there's zero wheel gap yeah uh, that could just be a concept thing um but no stellantis they are i would not be investing my money in stellantis uh, let's just put it that way i think they they're kind of i don't know their focus is really putting hellcat motors and everything they will try to hellcat swap this airflow if you let the wrong let it into the wrong hands at SRT, they will try to Hellcat solve it. I um, think that'd be cool. I, I would appreciate that. <laughs> Looking at this picture, like there's people standing to the right of it. No one is taller than the vehicle. There's a big boy. It's it, this is gonna be a large vehicle. But it doesn't look big. It's like the Ionic 5, you know? The okay, the Ionic 5 is big ish. But it's still only like RAV4 size. So it's, no. it's not that this is this is big. No, the Ionic 5, the wheelbase is like Palisade. Uh the Ionic 5 is the overall the overall, overall like this is, is not it's like Santa like a Tucson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it yeah. Um okay, so Chrysler, of course, they're they're very behind on this whole EV thing because their main focus was on, you know, like like you said, Hellcat swapping everything. Uh, they they essentially have put that six point two liter V eight supercharged on every single vehicle other than the Pacifica so far and the three hundred. Well, I mean, they put in the Charger, which is basically the same thing, <laughs> right? But like this is a like it, it looks good on paper. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Stellantis FCA they they know how to make a luxurious vehicle. Um, instead, in my latest Jeep review, I I love the interior of it. It looks really good, and we can see a lot of that influence in here. Like the screen on the passenger side, it's the exact same one that's in the uh, the the Grand Wagoneer and the Wagoneer, hmm. like. You know, there's a lot of that information in here. But this, to me, it looks like a sedan, but it's not. It's kind of like that Polestar 2 feel to mm. me. And I don't know about you. I don't think the Polestar 2 is, you know, is that great? Because if you're wanting an SUV, just get an SUV. Why get something that looks... Uh, I don't know. Okay, the Polestar to me has that Saab appeal. Right, uh, the uh, the Saab ninety nine, the Saab nine hundred, which are kind of like coupe sedan things that you know it's 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 its own thing, but it's it's meant to compete with the three, not the Y. Um, but it's this, so tall. This is more of an SUV. Uh, the, the airflow are very crossovery at least, but the renderings only show it with. A four seater configuration. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a hatchback, like a like a pretty decent sized hatchback. It looks like a decent sized vehicle. Styling wise, I can see some of that Chrysler design element from the Pacifica, from the two hundred, not so much from the three hundred. Um it's it's not a bad design and you know it's every every EV looks the same, right? They're they're not making them like boxy like the Hummers. They're generally all turtle-shaped cars, um, just because it's the most aerodynamic shape is 
a turtle, uh, apparently. But this is just one of many, and I don't know how they're going to stand out when Ford and GM are so much further ahead of them in the EV game. Yeah. <laughs> because this is aimed for 2025. So let's say let's say it comes out halfway through 2024. There this thing is still only like Mach E competitive, which Mach E at that point will be a five-year-old model. And we'll have whatever version of what Ford's making then. Definitely <laughs> so, gonna be updates. So yeah, and, and GM is is making big strides this year and uh you know at the same show ces um yeah we're seeing big big news from gm i this is this is not a big enough move uh chrysler is i don't know if yeah i don't know how much longer the chrysler brand is gonna remain chrysler for i don't know i think i think for a few decades was kind of like like you'd be proud to own a Chrysler, but damn. <laughs> no. That, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, yeah. It was kind of like like, oh, that's that's a little bit nicer than a Chevy. Like, oh the, yeah. So what I actually I'm not focused too much about this car because the airflow, sure, great. It's car it's just for twenty twenty five. Um yeah. What I am taking away from is they want to go full electric by 2028. I'm curious what their van would be like. You know, the like a, a big part of the business is per, the Pacifica and the Grand Caravan and whatnot. Yeah. I don't think they're going to completely kill it off when EV comes around. Well, you know? van just makes sense. Like an EV van... The form factor, I think, makes a lot of sense because yeah. you can just build on top of it's just a box on wheels, right? Yeah. Like, so you have your batteries, and then you just build your box yeah. over it. It's not going to be as aerodynamic as typical EV crossovers, but I, it doesn't have to be. I see the van being huge. Like, it's not going to have stow and go because there's no place for it to stow the seats down. Mm-hmm. When, when the batteries are there. Maybe they can do stow and go for the third row because they don't need batteries all the way to the back. Uh, but the second row stow and go is going to be gone. But a van EV, it, like if anyone's going to make a good EV van, it's going to be Stellantis. They already make a decent one. Yeah, the plug-in hybrid's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine has one and he he loves it, but he also knows that you know, he has to visit the dealership every so often <laughs> with, you know, small problems. But he's like, that's that's the, you know, part of the experience. He actually swapped uh, SRT wheels on it. It looks really, really good. Uh, like, I, I love the Pacifica. I think it's one of the best vans you can get for the money right now. But like a pure EV, not just the plug-in hybrid 50-kilometer range you know that we currently have but a pure ev you know chrysler minivan with you know what everything chrysler you know is doing to their vehicles i think that's going to be like a really really compelling product yeah i i guess the thing is 
the airflow, okay, the, the takeaway from the airflow is that this is moving Chrysler back towards luxury is maybe the, the takeaway. Like you look at the, the finer details, they have kind of like a crystal shifter looking thing. The headlights look jeweled. Overall, this is like a higher end product. And I think that makes sense for Chrysler's direction. Uh, I think the 300 is is such a laughable attempt at luxury. It's um, old man luxury, right? Yeah, and it's That's... like you 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 won't really fool anyone because you get into a Ram and you're like, okay, this is a lot more luxurious. So you're not even fooling like the typical old man because they they are aware pickup trucks exist and they will get in those and then you you'll notice like a huge difference going into any jeep product any ram product it's already nicer than that um chrysler i think they were just kind of make like cheap to build vehicles for a long time uh the caravan they dragged that on the previous generation they dragged that on for such a long time and you know it, it was decent when it came out it was decent for a long time but they they kind of got to split up the brands a bit better. That way, Chrysler has to be the luxury product. That's why we have the Charger and the 300. The 300 is now sh- crap, and <laughs> and the uh, the Charger is still okay because it was always meant to be a plasticky big box on wheels. Uh, but the, the the 300 is no longer luxurious, and so. What's weird is Charger got updates along the way. Mm-hmm. 300 never really got in. 300 updates. is still in 2011. Like you look at the inside and it's still it's still very 20 2011. I mean inside. yes the Charger was really bad when it first came out. Yeah. Um and the 300 was better, but the Chrysler really never got the updates that the Charger got. Yeah. And it's but, uh, yeah, the Charger actually is Okay, I, at one point I did consider picking one up, just to mess around with people. The fake, fake uh, cop car look. Yeah. Oh, that look! I remember I picked up a Charger with a, a Hemi V8, and the first thing I wanted to do was a burnout. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, it's just... what they're best at doing. <laughs> it was, it was instinctive. Like, huh? I got a Charger with a V8. I gotta press both pedals at the same time. And it will do it. It won't freak out oh, at you. It won't it was, like. It was super easy. It won't take a screenshot. It won't like. It. <laughs> no, because I I think I think in my Rav Four, if I do that, it will go. You try to step on both pedals at the same time. Like, stop what you're doing. <laughs> like. Yeah, no. actually, a lot of vehicles do that. I think Mazda yeah. does that too. It's like, hey, did you know you have your foot on both the brake and the accelerator? Yes. It's like, yes, to. I'm trying to do something cool here. <laughs> Speaking of something cool, Sony. So Sony, of course, manufacturer of a lot of electronic products. Um, they are making cars. They're going to be making cars with the brand. Well, they're going to with this. They will, they will debut them in the Sony store. <laughs> Ouch. Sony stores are... <laughs> I think the only Sony store you can still find yourself is like the outlet ones. I don't think they even have outlet. the outlet ones are gone as well. 
because there was real like actual Sony stores and like you know malls and whatnot. I remember when the PS2 came out. Dude, Sony it was such a cool had. place to go to. Yeah, so many nice sure. TVs. I remember the first OLED um, TV was on sale there and it was super expensive. Yeah. Anyways, they they're going to be making a car. Um, not the first tech company to make a car. Of course, Tesla is the biggest tech company and they're making a car. So Sony, they're like, hey, well, why, why the heck not? So what they did is they like, they, they look like, te- they look like Tesla. They're like, what we want is we want this except in Sony format. And then pff, the Vision SO2 because it's basically just a pumped up Model 3 that has Sony bits and pieces into it. It's okay. It's it's a little bit more exciting than that. It it doesn't look the greatest. Let, let's talk about that first. The yeah, the, the looks so, are bland. even amongst even amongst the turtle looking cars that every EV crossover has to be. It it's not even good looking in that sense. Like it the the headlights are so droopy. Like it looks like a sad Pokemon. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a dorky looking car, and it's it's taking kind of the worst elements of Tesla and Lucid, and kind of combining that. I don't know. It's I don't I don't think it's like necessarily an ugly car, but it's definitely not attractive. And it's like you're doing your own thing, but what is really making you stand out, right? Like this is this is Betamax. If you know what Betamax is. <laughs> so the, okay, here's what I like about the looks. Yes, it's bland. It looks like a turtle car, like all EVs do. Um, but the front headlight, like the daytime running light goes all the way across the front grille. I like that. <laughs> Same thing with the taillights. They go all the way across the rear. Has that kind of Aston Martin, Porsche, Panamera vibe on the back because of that. I like that. Mm-hmm. It, it saves the overall look a little bit. There's a glass ceiling. Everything is glass on top. Like, I think, you know, yes, it's bland, but I don't think it's that bad. The thing is, they had the Vision S01, which is their kind of mule for testing their vehicles. And that was a sedan. And I thought that looked pretty good. Actually, won a bunch of Red Dot Design Awards. But when they try to make an SUV, a seven-passenger SUV here, and that has stretched things out, it just doesn't look the greatest. There's just something about it that makes it less attractive. But yeah. the inside, interior, wow, the inside. This is you know this is how you know that it is a Sony product, right? You know the screens that's on there, the just the way that you you know, interact with the vehicle itself, amazing. Like Sony knows that part. Like that's that's their entire digital lineup, right? It's it's absolutely beautiful on the inside. The seats are, they look super like cushy and soft. There's screens everywhere. There's like this three screen layout in the center of the dash. I really like that overhead console too. Yeah. It's just kind of its own thing. Like a UFO thing on top. 
Yeah. Like it looks like a Sony, you know, stereo that you would buy back in the day, like the CD mm. players. Uh, just something that kind of stands out. Like it's got to look good. Not, I, I don't know if uh, the, the current generation is really uh, up to date with Sony. Well, not up to date, but like that familiar with Sony. But Sony used to make like really good looking stuff. Like this is before Apple's time before like the iPhone and all this mm-hmm. Sony would make like their their Vio laptops and they're all like just very aesthetic like not necessarily like the best performing or anything like that but mm-hmm. they have like some pretty pretty unique design choices that kind of made them like higher end in a sense um, but I think ever since Apple uh, people kind of forgot about Sony yeah <laughs> no you're you're not wrong because like I remember when they had when they moved away from MDs into MP3 players. Everyone loved Sony MP3 players because mm-hmm. they had like the little ones, and there were different colors. Yeah. And they had um, the Walkman phones. Yeah, they I had one of those. So Sony WA10, <laughs> WA10, 850, 900. Yeah, yeah. Like this is, I I think this is actually quite pretty on the inside. But yeah. to me, that's what matters. Right? I talked about this before. When I'm in, like, when I buy a vehicle, I guess the outside matters. I, I want people to, you know, see the outside. Be like, oh, that's a pretty nice looking car. Maybe give it some nice wheels and tires, thanks to overdrive. But the inside, where I'm going to be, I want that to look good. I want that to be functional. I want the textures and everything to be you know, just a, a more comfortable place to be in. And yeah. this this looks like it fits that. Yeah, even the UI looks cool. Uh, it looks promising, I think. Like, the, I, I don't know if you remember when PS3 came out, I was like, I was so enamored by their UI on PSP and PS3. Like a little, hmm. doot, 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 and then you go up and down, like, it was so cool and it, it yeah. wasn't like hard to use or anything it's just like it was it was its own thing mm-hmm. and like sony sony always tries to do their own thing uh at times they kind of rest on their laurels which is not so good um but yeah i i don't know how this is marketable because making a car is not like making electronics <laughs> it's not like you can just like contract it out to Best Buy, let them market it for you, sell, sell them and handle the pricing and whatnot. The margins aren't there and the the warranty servicing, like everything is is I don't I don't know how they can fathom making a car, but yeah. I mean they're they're doing it. They're trademarking the Sony Motors mm-hmm. uh, incorporated later this year. Like, yeah, it's but then again, happen. everyone is doing it right. Like, Lucid, these cars, these car companies are kind of just coming out of thin air, and yeah. and they're 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 challenging again that status quo where you know Rivian or whatever. That's basically how Tesla started is just out of nowhere. We're struggle for a decade and then make something really marketable. Yeah, um, I I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch because we see so many quote-unquote startups, but obviously Sony is 
one of the most established brands and it's a household name. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that really gives an advantage because I don't see, I I just don't see people like going out and like, you know what, I'm going to buy the Sony, Sony car uh, rather than going into Toyota or Honda to buy a car. It just, it's, it's such a big purchase that you don't do it so willy nilly. Like I don't just walk into a Sony store and, pick up a phone uh it's it's just it's a bizarre concept i'm just i don't know how this is all going to be executed i i don't even know what sony makes these days aside from ps5s they they still make a lot of good products like all their cameras are really good they're right kind of top tier cameras uh they do make cell phones uh one of the latest cell phones has basically a you know one of their camera modules in it like they, they still make a lot of good stuff. Um, and they do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff too, right? So like a lot of dash cams, the, the camera modules and those mm, are Sony sensors, sensors yeah. right? They do a lot of back-end stuff. Um, like all Nikon cameras, all the sensors are Sony, right? So like Sony still does a lot of stuff for other people. So like I am yeah, curious. I feel like, it, like a business model that they could do is just, you know, partner up with someone that does have a dealer network like a Nissan or something and tell them well, hey, you build think... our cars for us well that's the thing you would think you know Sony and Nissan would do something because you know the GTR has polyphony digital uh you know the the dash display thing mm-hmm. it's made by the same guys that did the uh the Gran Turismo series you don't think that there's some sort of connection there you know they talked about something mm-hmm. but it's curious you know yeah, it's uh, like smart when they came out. It's just like, okay, well, let's. Well, that was a Mercedes project mm-hmm. to begin with. So then it obviously makes sense to just roll it out in a Mercedes dealership. Very different product than anything else in the showroom, but somehow kind of made it work. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mini is another one of these standout brands that, again, it's an, it's an iconic brand, but they, they went. A different direction they, they made their own dealerships um but yeah I, I i don't know how like that just seems like such an uphill battle to make a car company <laughs> I, I just don't i just don't get it it's not going to be easy for them especially with everything that's coming and especially with a face only a mother could love <laughs> like there there's some really there's some really good cars coming, like the Fisker that we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm. Like it, it's going to be super competitive segment. But what I feel like Sony is going to have down is their interface. Mm. Like you know, when you get into this, it's going to work. You know, it's going to work. Everything it's just smooth because yeah. that's you know all Sony's always been, always been up for. I'm just curious if they're like. Because, like, in their TV lineup, XBR has always been, like, the top trim. I wonder if there's going to be, like, an XBR version of this car. So it's the Bravia, like, yeah. <laughs> something like, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I don't know if this concept is is really the one I would bank on to take on the, the rest of the EV market. But I, I, I guess I guess the more I think about it, Sony, they they 
if if anyone can pull it off, they have a chance. Apple could pull it off. I could I could see I could see myself driving an Apple car before a Sony car, to be honest. I, I don't know. I'm not a fanboy of either, but yeah. I just love that interior. It's so pretty. <laughs> Size-wise, okay, so this is a three-row, uh, three-row crossover. Yeah, three but row. it's it's pretty small. It's only 193 inches, so it's well, it's not small, but it's like it's the length of a Camry or an Accord. Um, it's wide though, 76 inches wide. Uh, double wishbone front, air suspension rear. Um, it's it's pretty like to today's spec uh because it's an ev 6.2 inches of ground clearance only which is like you will in some urban urban environments you can damage the underbody of that at 6.2 inches but maybe that's what the rear air suspension is for just get you over that hump but uh no i think Design-wise, I want to see a bit more. Like, okay, it doesn't have to look that pretty, but at least push the boundaries mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just, it's kind of bland. Yeah. There's, Whereas, like, there's... Polestar is, like, is, like, okay, that has a look. Like, any Volvo product that has, like, a look. Like, that is an iconic product. Yeah, it, it's definitely some. It's definitely bland, but there are some cooler, like styling elements I do like. But overall, it is relatively still a bland vehicle. Um, yeah, I think that's really it. Yeah. Well, I think that's really it for the the first podcast of the new year. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, recall news. I don't know if you guys saw some recall news. Tesla. Whenever Tesla does a recall, I think it's it somehow everyone like talks about it and it's like well what are you surprised about so i think the model 3 they have some kind of harness issue uh that's going to be a lot of fun because replacing the trunk harness uh it's just not that accessible so apparently there's like a fire risk and oh the other thing was while we were on our break they updated the UX or the UI of that Model 3 and well and other Tesla products and people hate it. Like people are like, Ooh. I'm gonna return, I'm gonna like sell this and get another car. And you can't backdate it. And like people are so upset about that. I think I saw that. Like the uh the bottom how you can't have the uh the, the defrost. defrost. Yeah. Like people are like, it's so dangerous. I need to go into another menu now. Like, no, just do it while you're parked. Again, climate control, climate control woes, I do not sympathize for. We talked about this before. Every journalist calls it out. They're like, this is so hard to use, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it's not that hard to use. And I bet there's probably even voice command for defrost uh sure those even, even my fiesta actually had defrost voice command believe it or not <laughs> and it actually worked like okay your, um, your fiesta probably couldn't hear you over that exhaust yeah <laughs> probably not especially with the motor mount um but yeah no that was kind of the big ev news over 
our little break. Uh, yeah, I don't think I again, I think people are just like really sensational about Tesla's. And so any <laughs> any news is like there you can't please everyone. I'm sure there's a reason they did the update. I'm sure there's benefits from the update, but the general consensus is we don't like it. And too bad. That's what you get because you own a Tesla. So yeah. It's the same thing with any software company, right? They make an update. You don't like it, too bad. You can't yeah. a lot of times you can't go back on it. Yeah, like Windows like will change Windows. things, Mac, yeah. Android, any any iOS. Everyone does this, but it's just you've never really seen it before in a car where the defrost button is no longer where you wanted it. It's it's kind of a different world we're living in now. But I don't think like it it's not such a deal breaker and people no. are making it seem like it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally agree. But I think that's really it for this week. Yeah. Awesome. Catch you next week. We'll see you next week. And we'll go back on our weekly schedule here to more automotive news. And we'll catch you then. Take care, everyone. See ya.